I love that music so much. I and dig we're it. Back. Heck yeah. We are back for another fun-filled episode of the Fusion Underground. And here at the Fusion Underground, well, we try to do we try to do some stuff. And are you sharing what is who is that? Who is that? <laughs> I was throwing, I had to throw Lucy off there for a minute. That's my grandfather when that he was your grandfather? I yeah. was like, is that Ted Cruz? <laughs> No, that's my grandpa. Uh, yeah. Well, here at the Fusion Underground, we are. This is uh, this is six, episode sixty six now. Episode sixty six. times. Sixty six of the Fusion Underground, and here at the Fusion Underground, what we try to do is we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. As always, I'm your host. And while Ramirez and I'm joined in the virtual studio by the one, the only, the magnificent, the cleanly, the cleanse, the 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 cleanly one, Jason Moret. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I'm good. <clears throat> are you sure? I'm good. Hey, no no Positive. time to be bad. Positive. No. You know, I've I've been getting some uh, interesting uh, comments since we've been doing this uh, this series of books here for Shanti Feldon, and we're going to finish out the the second book. Um, that we've been talking about um, for men only written yeah. by Shanti Feldhahn and her husband. She, <laughs> you know, the poor guy, I don't even know his name. What's his name? Steve, Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff. Fafa. So we know her name, but we don't really know his name. He's just the husband. He's, he's Jeff. Okay. He's Jeff. So we're going to finish out. Uh, the, we're going to finish that out uh, today. We're going to get into the really uh, important part of the book, which is all about sex. So that should be interesting. <laughs> That's the important part of the book. <laughs> well, for the guys you know out where there, someone's headspace is at. <laughs> well, for for the guys out there, that's what they want to know. But you know, I've been uh, I've been getting some some really interesting uh, you know messages on Facebook, um, some emails oh, yeah. and such. What's surprising to me is that you know when we set out to do what it is that we're doing on this show and in the book that we wrote um and we got to finish getting that done and out there so we can get that sucker published um oh and i think i lost jason here for just a second so i'm going to keep talking here until he comes back um but when we when we started off on this whole journey into the unknown we were we were we did it for, um, well, for other men out there to try to educate them. I think that's kind of how we started. And then we tried to open it up a little bit more and we were, 
you know, we're trying to be inclusive of, of other women and, 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 and that was fine and dandy. That was all good and, and stuff. And, and I think for the, I think for the, the most part, our show is we don't try to speak only to men. I think we just try to treat everybody sort of the same as, as, you know, of the same capacity, the ability to learn and the ability to improve and to grow and all that and all that sort of stuff. But there is a man to man slant here. I think that we have. And even though, despite having that men talking to other men out there in the universe, we, I think we have a lot more women who actually listen to us. And I find that kind of, kind of fascinating because I get the majority of, I think we have a lot more from from women. I get from women. Go ahead. Yeah, I think we have a lot more women than we initially at least thought, if not intended. But yeah. and, and again, we, we never set out with the show saying that we were going to make this just for men. But we do recognize right. that we are two dudes and that is the, the headspace and the world that we live in. So we, would, we're, we wouldn't be shocked if not geared that most of the people that are going to relate to the stuff we typically talk about, or at least the viewpoints that we have, would likely be men. Mm-hmm. And in so. our book, we've had a few people actually read our book for us, give us some feedback, tell us what they think and everything. Um, and we we specifically, we did specifically set out to write that book as us communicating to other men about how to be better men. And yet more women have read that book so far than men. So I find that, uh, I find that very fascinating. Um, so hopefully we'll get that out there so other people can and other women can read it <laughs> and tell us what they what they think about the whole uh, the whole thing. So there's a, there's just a couple of things before we dive into the book for men only. Um, there there is a couple of things that I just I wanted to um, mention briefly because I think it deserves to be said. So as of today, the United States is completely completely out of Afghanistan. So. Uh, you know the the rhetoric online i think has been quite unfortunate uh what really bothered me about the news is there are hundreds if not a few thousand it's it's unknown we have no idea how many but there are at least several hundred uh, americans who were abandoned in afghanistan um and what's what's even more sickening to me so a couple of things uh our our president our commander in chief actually stated just a few days ago that he would not abandon um, any Americans there, um, and actually, and actually said that even if it took longer than the August thirty first timeframe, that our forces would stay to ensure that all the Americans would be out of country. Um, and he he lied to those Americans, so that was the first part that really disappointed me, made me angry. Um, the other part had to deal with the fact that. Well, we told people um, not to go. We told Americans not to go go to the airport in Kabul. We told them to stay away. Uh, and then the final planes left today. And what is the rhetoric? There are so many people saying, well, the, the Americans that we left behind, they didn't want to leave because they should have gotten their ass to the airport. Like, well, we told them not to. And, and besides, there were Taliban between them and the airport. They couldn't get through. Now there were reports coming out that that there were families that had passports and everything that got all the way up to the airport and our own soldiers turned them away and would not let them come onto the airport so they could be evacuated. 
Um, so this whole rhetoric that we that we only left Americans that did not want to leave, it, it is there are there some perhaps, but there are plenty of, of Americans who did want to get out of country, and now we've left them there. We've abandoned them there to the fate of of ISIS and the Taliban. Um, and to me, that's egregious. That is shameful. It's disgraceful. Um, and it absolutely breaks my heart for my countrymen who um, who remained there. What also breaks my heart is the fact that we left uh, dozens of, of about, I think it was about 50 service dogs. And I know they're just, I know people might say, well, they're just dogs, um, but they're going to be destroyed. They're going to be, you know, unless somebody's able to get them out. So that this whole thing has been has has just been absolutely disgraceful. Um, and I'm just I'm very I'm very saddened by it. We didn't end a war. We were defeated. We were defeated by the Taliban. Um, and and that's that's there's there's no other way that I that anybody can spin it. And the number of Americans out there who are who are doing who are twisting themselves into pretzels to defend this administration and to carry forth the argument that well the Americans that were we left behind they didn't want to come anyway they just wanted to be left left there so screw them the number of people in this country that are willing to make excuses for just to be able to win a political argument rather than do what is morally and ethically right for their fellow countrymen um I I just find that absolutely absolutely disgusting do you have any thoughts on this uh, I'm disgusted by everything, all of it, every damn bit of it. Um, and there's no excuse for a single friggin' piece of it. We have, we have left a terrorist group in charge that is now stronger than they have ever been throughout history because we have armed them to the teeth with some of the most sophisticated weaponry and warfare capabilities that they have ever, they've never known. They have never known. And now they are absolutely empowered to spread their ideology and tear wherever they want. That's just one. The, yeah. I mean, I'm pissed about the fact that we left people there, that we didn't have an exit strategy. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, anybody who wants to try and hold this shit over Trump's head, you know what? To hell with you. You don't know. You don't know your ass from a hole in the ground. Yes. Did Trump barter an exit um, plan with the Taliban? Absolutely. There were 15, I believe, different contingencies and requirements on them in order for us to uh, abide by our deadline to get out. None of them have been met. None of them, which means absolutely you do not get to stand up there and gladstand and say that you were being held to somebody else, Trump's deal bullshit you didn't even read the damn thing if that's what you think so that's number two the fact that you left americans and allies there in the hands of known terrorists to suffer their own fate and go too bad so sad to heck with you and the fact that you've actually set the united states up as a not only a laughing stock now but in the face of all of our allies why should anyone trust us from this point going forward we've shown exactly what america thinks of their allies and people on the ground who might be able to help them you have screwed us over for the next 30 to 40 years minimum that's irritating then to come to find out that we had absolutely the taliban of all people actually asked us would we please maintain control over the friggin airport 
until we were done getting everyone out. And we said, no, you do it. You take control. We're out. Our only focus is on exit. We handcuffed ourselves and cut ourselves off at the freaking nose every freaking way possible in this whole thing. And then you stand up there as the administration and literally lie every chance you get to the American public and spit in the face of the servicemen who've died now, which we haven't had. We, we, we had more people killed in, these, in the 12 Marines that were killed here recently than we've had in the last 18 months. And don't tell me it was about getting all of our, our, um, our servicemen and all of our soldiers out of there. We have 2,500 non-combatants. This is not about getting out of an, an endless war that we're never going to win a never ending war bull crap. We have more non-combatant servicemen stationed in Germany right now since world war two and always have than we did in Afghanistan. So don't freaking throw that around either. And the idea that the, um, the liberal left and the news media are trying to freaking can spin this as some sort of you know oh no he's doing the best he can bull shit everyone else everybody knows it everybody knows it the world knows it everybody can look right at it and go that was the biggest blunder in american military history and that's exactly how it's going to be known and seen from here on out it's an absolute freaking disgrace and you know what i did not serve i know you did i cannot imagine what this has got to be like for military um, servicemen, anybody who served in the military, I'm disgraced by it. And I was just the son of a military man. This is disgusting to me. Yeah. So if you, if you want to know what I think there, there you go. Well, you, you, the other thing too, is, um, you know, we have COVID that is still running rampant and destroying people's minds. A new report. I don't know if you saw this, a new report came out today, uh, out of Germany, and Germany is now saying that 80%, 80% of the reported COVID deaths in Germany were not related to COVID. No so shit. Take, yeah. So take all of the number, the whole number. Let's say there were 100 people in Germany who died. 80 of them did not die of COVID, even though they were originally reported of having been, uh, having died of, of COVID. Yep. So that's how much our governments have been at least in Germany, they've been overreporting, and we know we've we've talked about how uh, those numbers have been inflated here in the United States. I can only imagine how inflated they are here. Um, Everything that happened in regard to COVID last year, yeah, it's just happening again. It's being done the exact same way. Hell, all yeah. of our mitigation strategies, we're doing exactly all the same dumb shit that didn't work last year. We're doing right. it again, right? And now they're saying that you have to get a, a booster five months or less after after getting your your COVID shot vaccine. So um, yeah. yeah, that's because eighty percent of the people in the hospital with COVID right now are fully vaccinated. Right. <laughs> Did you see me flinch? I'm not flinching. <laughs> it just gets it just gets it gets just gets more and more remarkable. Um, you know, we do have a little bit of a palate cleanser here. Okay. So. Um, yeah, cleanse my palate, Doctor Ramirez. I, I have to. I have to play this for you. I actually have two of them. You know, we we do like to poke fun at uh, at the woke crowd. 
on this uh, show. I like to poke fun at every crowd, but go ahead. We can pick on them for a minute. Yeah, we, we like to poke fun at the woke crowd. I have something here which is um, quite quite impressive. So I'm going to play this for you here. And, and this is very appropriate given the fact that we are reading a book about how to better understand women. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this guy, this gentleman, he's going sure? to... Exp- well, this guy, let's just call him a guy. We're not going to call him a gentleman. Okay. We're just going to call him a guy. This woke dude here, he's going to explain to us what it means to be a woman. So maybe this will help you while you finish studying Shanti Feldhahn's book about women. So here, here it goes. Got to share your screen and your sound. Did I not share my sound? You didn't share anything. I'm just looking at your. Oh. <laughs> See, we need it. Where's our snurly when we need them? <laughs> oh, there you go. Now there we go. There we go. Okay, all right. right. So let's let's uh, let's check this guy out again. I'll play. I'll play it. So here we go. Here we, here we go. The phrase biological woman is completely meaningless because being a woman is a social state, not a biological one. Womanhood is socially constructed and as such it's not based on biology, it's based on societal recognition. It would be like saying I'm biologically an American citizen. It doesn't make any sense because American citizenship isn't based on biology, it's based on societal recognition. If the original commenter meant to say trans women aren't cis women, then yes, I agree. But the problem is, I don't know anyone who disagrees with that. So women is the concept of a woman is socially constructed and is not based in biology. Does that mean we're all just banging dudes? No. Un- unless someone identifies as being a female. Um, according to this guy. Yeah. Uh, essentially. Yeah. That means so we're all gay. It, it, your, your sex your biological sex doesn't matter. There's really not such a thing. It's just either a dude with a penis or a dude with a vagina. Now, now why is it, why is it that women are socially constructed, but men are not socially constructed? Well, because the men, men, you got to remember are the enemy of society and without men, I mean, you have to have them because if as a guy, I can't just say I'm a woman and be treated like a woman because I'm a guy and guy is the enemy. I'd be like I don't saying any of this. Um, if I I self-identify as a black woman, so now I, I can't be racist. Well, no, that's racist for you to even say because you're a white guy. I mean, that's clear as day. We can see it. You can't erase your whiteness by self-identifying as a black woman. You, you know, you're speaking words and I understand the words, <laughs> but I don't understand a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and because I say that, it doesn't make any damn sense. Right, because, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, but, but because women, I'm a white dude. But there are people walking around in this country who think that being a woman or the idea, the concept of a female human being is a social construct and is not rooted in any basis of biology or you cannot define women scientifically. They're just... That's the most ridiculous thing I think I've heard. 
That's the most. Well, I've heard worse no, than that, know. but I mean, you I, know, I, I don't know. It's, just it, in our culture right now, nothing surprises it, me it anymore. It just keeps getting better. But I got one more for you here. Okay, okay. I got I got one more for you here. Um, so you know you know towels to, like to dry yourself off with. Yes, yes. Are they racist now? Um, well, sort of. <laughs> okay, sort of. So we'll play this one for you. Okay. Let's have a moment of honesty because this is a safe corner and I want to talk about something that never fails to get me, like really get me and not like get me in a good way. <laughs> and the thing I'm talking about are freaking towels. So I've been on a journey to like redo my spaces that I live in and that includes my bathroom. Who knew that finding a towel that is plus size friendly in a mainstream store would be like shopping for a needle in a haystack. So I've tried on towels, like literally tried towels on in stores, and I've yet to find one that fits my body. Example A, here I am in the wild trying on towels that are called oversized bath towels, and surprise, surprise, it didn't fit me. Are we shocked? I mean, with the way that fashion sizing is, I'm not. But it always gets to me, because I'm human. And did I cry in Target? Yeah. But here's the thing. My embarrassment is now replaced by frustration and rage. Is it too much to ask for towels to fit plus size bodies? Is it? Is it too much to ask? So you are a gigantoid person of <laughs> immense girth and you're bitching to nobody in general that you're too <laughs> fat for the towel to go around your body. And that is she's, the towel's fault? No, she it's you know, she's looking in the wrong department. They make something don't they make okay. I, no, I could swear I, I, I have I could, towels that will work. I do. I do, but I found them in a different department. They're called bedspreads. <laughs> don't they make I, towel I blankets? I have a don't comforter make, that would work perfectly for that one. <laughs> Don't they make something called towel blade? They're like they're like large, gigantoid towels. I don't know. She wants a towel for she wants she wants the she now she wants to go shopping for towels in the plus section. Buy a tarp. (laughs) (laughs) Do the Jerry McGuire thing. Towel. Oh my god! I air dry. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, honey, what to tell you. Maybe, maybe that's nobody else's like to... fault, but your own dieting habits. That's I'm sorry, that's right. what you're up against. Not right. the towel's I, fault. I don't. She's upset because towels are not big enough for her body. If if take that as a hint for crying out loud. That's a hint that you need to put the donuts down and just walk away and that's keep like walking. being pissed off because your house doesn't have doorways large enough for you who built yeah. these little smurf houses no it's not the house's fault <laughs> <laughs> all doorways are standard size lady and it's not the saying that anybody needs you to be a bikini model <laughs> you know and and if anybody listens to the to this right now from the woke side they're gonna say that we are fat phobic no i like fat I, I like a little, I'm in, I I like a little cushion for the pushing. I like that, but I'm not going to get upset if the lady says, you know, she can't, she needs two towels. Well, all right, honey, you know, maybe, maybe a little walk, a little run, you know, 
lifting weights or no more chocolate cake maybe a salad you know or something right but (laughs) and and even if that was me if i if i needed two towels to drive my damn right fat right at what point do you need a hint to like change your your behavior your dietary intake I don't understand why the weight limit on my scale is 480 pounds. This is bullshit. (laughs) My scale hates fat people. Gravity is fat phobic. 9.8 meters per second squared is fat phobic. There you go. Yeah. Go live on the moon. (laughs) Yes. Bring a helmet. I don't have anything against fat people, but come on, this is ridiculous. This is like no. somebody bitching because they have to buy two two seats on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're... I, I'm just I, I one don't... person. Are you sure? You, you know, Cause... I mean, shit. If my pants start feeling a little snug, it's a sign that I got to change my behaviors because... I, I, or get I, larger I, pants. Don't, well, don't, but you do can't buy larger towels, and, apparently. Yes, you can. They're called bedspreads. I already said, get a quilt. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, you got to do what you got to do, but don't sit here and say, I can't buy anything larger and I can't lose weight. And I'm just going to sit here and piss and moan. I mean, you and I have talked about this kind of mentality for a long, long time on this show. If, is there something you can do to change it? Yeah. If the answer is yes, then take absolute ownership of that and change it. If it's no, then quit bitching about it and let it go. Yeah. One or the other. All right. So we're going to switch gears. We're going to actually jump into the book now. Okay. Switching gears. Buckle up. Are you ready? No. Okay. Because we're going to, we're going to be, we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite topic. Yes. But men, but don't get excited. Keep in mind, this is the female perspective on the issue. This is how the, the women in your life approach sex with you. It's not that they yes. hate it. So, and what I love about this is right from the get-go of the chapter, the very first chapter, okay. Well, let me take, let me take a step back. They do have a little descriptor here. Physically, women tend to crave sex less often than men do. And it is usually not related to your desirability. Well, it certainly feels that way. Yes. As we covered in the previous book. Right. Right. When, when ladies, when you shoot us down, it certainly, it hits us right in the ego. Really does. Mm Mm-hmm even though you may not be intending for that. I understand that you're not intending that now, but that's what it feels like. So this, and then they go on, they start the chapter this way. This chapter will be the ultimate test of your manhood. I'm going to ask you to do two things and do them at the same time. One, think clearly. Two, about sex. (laughs) Impossible. Yeah. Nope. You lost me (laughs) closing the book and I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really an unfair ask. If -hmm. you recognize, especially in reading the for women only book first, that it is physically impossible for men to think about two things at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
So I'd like to challenge Jeff. Did you read your wife's book before you wrote this? <laughs> I have a copy for you, Jeff. Yeah, jerk. Yes. <laughs> there, one of throw them. down the gauntlet like that. When mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. right. what they wrote in the book here is some one of the guys said, "If sex is free and it's fun, why does she not want lots of free fun?" I can't argue with that logic. Well, that of course you can't. You're a dude. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. In all seriousness, of course you can't. You're a guy. That's how guys think about stuff. It's free. It's fun. I want more of it. This right, is. Right. I mean, this is what happens when they give away free donuts. Right. We we all lo- we all gain twenty pounds because we don't understand mm-hmm. why you wouldn't want more of it. It tastes good. And it's free. I'm sign me up. I'm first in line and mm-hmm. fifth and 10th. Cause I'm going to go back to the line four or five times. Yeah. So the difference here between the sexes, between the men and the women, the women's is, and the men's is, I think I'm all right. <laughs> Not at all, but that's okay. Keep, keep digging. Um, and they, they mention it here in the book is that men are powerfully driven by the emotional need to feel desired by our wives. And, and we filter everything through that perspective. Yes. Do I feel desired or not desired by my wife. That's what we think about a lot. Uh, this, this is demonstrated by your ladies out there and men, you can laugh along, but when, um, when your man strips down and he poses in the bedroom, I got news for you. He knows he don't look good. Right. Oh, he but he sure as hell wants you to go. Yeah, baby, come on over here. Oh right. yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Strut it on over. All <laughs> overweight, hairy, slightly sweaty. Um, mass of this. Yeah, baby. Um, yeah, we know we're we're really not attractive naked unless you look like I don't know Ryan Reynolds, which I hate you if you do. Right. Right. But um, most guys don't look like that, and we know that. We just, and we don't care what everybody else thinks, but we sure as hell care what you think. Right. But, but women, we, we, we don't want you to be honest with us. This is not right. the other way around. We, this is not, not where saying, we want you to be honest. We don't want Correct. you to be honest. We want, I don't want you to say, does this, does this, uh, you know, banana hammock make me look fat? I right. want you to say, yeah, baby, that looks good. Get on over here. Hop right. into this bed with me. That's mm-hmm. what I, that's what we all want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Humor us for literally, literally literally eight, humorous eight minutes that's all we're asking for <laughs> that's a long time buddy hey I, i'm there's a let's not, let's, let's, and, let's just kind of okay. gear down turbo gear down let's back away from the marathon right, right? yeah eight minutes okay <laughs> seven minutes 3.5 yeah <laughs> What they found in their in their whole in their whole surveys here is that um, women, while women want sex less often as men typically, uh, women still report that they love their they love their husbands and they they do definitely find them very attractive. That that's really hard for for guys. Hey, guys, this is this is really difficult for us to bring together. We because if we love you and we desire you because we find you attractive well we want to hump right 
We don't understand the, well, I love you and I find you attractive, but I don't want to hump. To us, that doesn't compute. Yeah, and I don't believe that. I, I can appreciate that, but I don't believe that. If that were true, um, I would know I would know women. I don't know a single one who actually likes to have sex with the lights on. <laughs> if they found us attractive naked, then that would not be an issue. But I well, don't I, think that's it's true. not. Wait a minute. <laughs> now, let's, I, you don't go too. Don't get too hasty here. It's not oh. that they said they found them attractive naked. It's just that they find them attractive. So with the clothes on, so they, they, they find that their husbands are still um, handsome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that right. sounds a lot like, oh, pat me on the right. head. Bless, Bless your heart. heart. <laughs> Just get in here and cover up. Turn the light off. Right. <laughs> that vibrate thing over here while you come over here. <laughs> But in all fairness, I think 90% of the guys out there really do feel like most of their wives, they're yeah. just like, yeah, I love you. So yeah, humoring you honestly, and, and yeah. all, all joking aside, I do think that most guys out there feel like their wives acquiesce to that need. They don't ever feel like their wives really want that. Yeah. At least not with them. Here, here's a, so one of the questions, one of the survey questions that they asked of women was this one among women who said they wanted less sex than their husbands the top three reasons why are um this is interesting 60 percent of women said i think i just have a lower sex drive than he does 60 percent now <clears throat> they could pick more than one answer so the numbers do not all add up to right, right right but 60 percent 60 percent of respondents checked at least one that they have, they believe they have a lower sex drive than he does. 60% also said they sometimes are simply too tired or stressed. Okay. 48% said, it's not that I don't want to be with him. It's just that at the end of a long day, it is sometimes hard to make the transition to wanting physical intimacy at that moment. That's a really long drawn out way of saying too tired and stressed. Yeah, I, I felt the same way when I read that. I thought, well, well, how is that different than the one above it? Um, that's that's somebody trying to rationalize. They don't right. want to say too tired and stressed because that just sounds petty, I guess, maybe. Um, whereas that sounds a little bit more like more rationally based, at least in their own mind, where it doesn't make them feels bad. Right, right. So for, again, to reiterate, for men at least, when men are in love with their wives... And if they find their wife attractive, then they do want to have sex with their wives. Well, and I'm sorry, I, I'll, I'll speak for most of the guys out there. And please, dudes, if I'm wrong, send me a little line. Tell me I'm wrong or, or send me a little line. Tell me, amen, preach on, brother. Um, when guys are tired and stressed, we want to have sex. Yeah, I want to yeah. feel better. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> You know what? I'm freaking tired. Everything at work's going wrong. This is sucks. Life sucks. Everything sucks. Fuck. It all sucks. Yeah. Well, do you want to have sex? Hell yes, I do. Absolutely. <laughs> I need that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so here are some uh, uh, truths. Okay. Truths. Truths. These are things that that basically 
Chauncey Feldon and Jeff. Um, Jeff yeah, Jeff Fafa. Uh, that they found are truisms for women in terms of their sex life. So truth right. one is she has a lower sex drive than you, and she'd change that fact if she could. So the whole having less sex drive is is a is a thing. And so, I, I, I do believe that. I think that for men, we see this in all sorts of other animals, males uh, of species. Well, we just have this natural innate tendency. We just want to spread our seed all over the place, right? It doesn't matter if they're monkeys or snails or birds, you know, elk, deer. They're always, we're always in competition to be able to spread the seed and perpetuate the species. And I think that that lies naturally within guys. So the fact that if, if men have a higher sex drive than a female, that doesn't really surprise me all that much. No, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, what I find intriguing about that statement is the part where it says that she would change that if she could. I'm, I'm curious as to why, why is change that? It. Well, no, no, no. I, I, I want to understand from the female perspective is that I want to change it, but I can't because A, B, C, D, E, or I feel bad about <clears throat> not wanting sex more often, but I can't, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the second part of that statement. It seems like there's almost a conscious desire that there's almost a, a conscious effort that if, if you wanted to be, if you want to be able to change it, so why don't you work to change that? Um, now, maybe they're just talking from a craving perspective. Uh, so women, women tend to have, you know, different, different balance of hormones. And if that different balance of hormones equates to a less craving, Okay, well then, you know, I can understand the craving part, but then there's always the psychological, the rational, the rationalizing part of the brain that says, well, let's, let's go do this. Let's go, especially since women who, who were part of this study, women acknowledge that they do enjoy sex. They do enjoy it when they're having sex. They just have less of a desire to crave it and to pursue sex. Well, if you do like it, I mean, if somebody gave you women, ladies, come on, if somebody's going to give you cheesecake, are you going to tell me you're not going to eat the cheesecake? You're going to eat the cheesecake. So if somebody's giving you sex and you enjoy sex, then why aren't you still wanting to participate in having the sex? I, that's the part that I don't get. Well, and, and this is this. Okay. So we did talk and we, we were going to take all, all of this at face value and understand, just like mm -hmm. we asked women to understand for men, this is not a choice of mind or a choice right. in how we live. This is how we're wired. It's, it's how we're built, right. you know, right. it's in our DNA. Right. So I guess that's more what I'm trying to wrap my head around. I mean, right. if you say women, they don't have a higher, uh, as high of a sex drive as men do. Okay, I can accept that as part of the genetic makeup of women versus men. I can, and I can, yeah, I can actually, I can too. I believe I can, that. I, I believe really that. do. Yeah. The the part that I want, I want to try and understand, just so I can put it to bed 
in the same way is and they would change that if they could now is this a physical ability or a conscious mental choice and and and, and i understand for ladies it may not feel like there's a difference but i mean if i can equate that if you're if you're on a diet and you say i don't want the cheesecake i don't want it but i can't stop myself and i have to eat it understand that that's a psychological choice and it's a battle that you're having and and that's something that could be worked on now if you say i want to go run marathons and that's really what i want but i'm a double amputee you don't have the physical ability and i get that but there's a vast difference between those two and so that's what i want to try and understand which is it do you want to go run, but you can't because you got no legs like Lieutenant Dan? Or, or is it you're a big, you're a fat person who can't say no to cake? I, I, I want to understand so that I know how to meet you on that level. Yeah. So here's another question. You didn't, you're, you're just going to, you're just going to let that go. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with that. Like, I, <laughs> Okay. You know, oh, because, and the reason why I don't know what to do with that is because I'm still stuck on the, on the, the realization that women enjoy sex when they're, when they're having it, they enjoy it. They like it. They, they, I mean, women in this study have said, yeah, when I'm, when I'm banging, I like it. I, you know, and so I'm like, okay, great. I don't understand the pursuit of it. Okay. Let me, let me, let me put it this way. I go to the gym about four to five times a week. I don't like to get up and go to the gym, but when I'm there at the gym and I'm working out, I love being there. I still go four to five times a week. Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I didn't don't. mean it like that. <laughs> well, maybe kind of a little bit, yeah, but I really did. Bit. I didn't mean it like, well, but I think that's why 90% of people who buy a gym membership after um, uh, New Year's uh -huh. don't go back. It's they like just like what you're talking about. I want to get in shape. Okay. We're going to go to the gym. We get gym membership. We get the new trunks and the new shoes and the little tight outfit and the new super water bottle and all the stuff and the little heart rate monitor that we don't even know how to use, but we got one because everybody else looks like, and it looks cool. And the little headphones that you put on so that you can run and not fall, have your head falls off and you go and you're dedicated to that for two weeks. And it's always the same thing that kills that you love it when you're there, but it's the getting your ass from home to, to the there that sucks. And so I think you're onto something for ladies. This is the part that they always hate. It's the getting from the getting there where, you know, just anywhere during your day to actually making that happen. Right. And guys don't think about that because all they're just laser focused on the make it getting there and being in the moment. They'll, they'll trip over ladies. You've seen your men get excited about having sex. They are clumsy as shit because they can't focus on even how to walk or take clothes off. Or how right. many, how many of your, your ladies out there have seen your husband or boyfriends literally fall out of bed, trying to get a shirt off 
or drawers off or pajamas off or stumbling over shoes. He is a hot freaking. He's like a newborn baby giraffe. How many of them keep their there. socks on? Ooh, uh, they could, because they couldn't even be bothered to take the socks off because that just, would have been a balancing act. They just skip that step. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's why I that's why I brought up the gym analogy is because yeah I don't like I never I've never liked going to the gym getting up okay I gotta get up I gotta right I gotta go do that I I gotta get dressed and I gotta get in the car and I gotta drive over there blah I I hate the going aspect but when I'm there I love it. And so in order to change that behavior in me, I have to think about what I have to think about when I'm there and I have to think about how I feel when I'm done and, and all of the other benefits that come from it. I mean, there's been, there have been all kinds of studies about the, the, the psychological, the emotional and the physical benefits of sex. Oh, of, yeah, okay. Sorry. I thought you were still talking about working out. So <laughs> But if, if you want to, if you think about the, the psychological, the emotional, the physical benefits of sex, and there have been a lot of studies about how being physically intimate with your, with your spouse actually brings you closer together. And so if you, if you know about all of these things, like getting up and going to the gym, why wouldn't you want to get engaged, especially when you know that once you're into it, you're actually going to enjoy it. So that's what, that's what I have a hard time wrapping my head around. I get the whole, well, I don't have the, the, the hormones to pursue it, but I love to do it once I'm doing it. Well, then think about all of the other benefits that come from it. Why wouldn't you want to do it more? That's, that's, that's where I'm at. And well, and, and that's fair. And, and I can understand for you, you don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I know, but you go to the gym. Right. So for right. the rest of the waking world who doesn't go to the gym, because yeah. that's dumb. Um, <laughs> I understand that for women, the actual getting to that place is not the most appealing part. So maybe that's our, maybe that's a place that we can jump in at and we can take ownership of. And I do know for a fact, I, I know, I was reading a, um, a study not long ago about the importance of foreplay for women. Men right, don't need right. foreplay. <clears throat> no, we don't. Uh, for man, foreplay is the equivalent of winking. Right. What's, what's up, baby? What's Wink. Up? Done. The, foreplay the, the over. Head, the head up, right? The head. Yep. The reverse nod. The reverse what's head up? nod. Just what's up? What's up? Yep. The, the yeah. sup nod. Done. You ready? Foreplay you ready? <laughs> over. I, I guarantee foreplay you. Foreplay was do you want to? Yeah. Right. All you, hey, do you want to have sex? Foreplay's done. Right done. into the moment. Let's rock and roll. Guys don't need that. For women, it is awesome absolutely imperative. So, right. dudes out there, recognize yeah. if you want to actually get to the moment, you've got to start warming the engine a while. It's kind of like a diesel engine. Might take a while to get it rolling. But man, that'll take you all the way to Disneyland if you want to go. It's like when you had. Day. It's like when you ran out of ran out of gas before you ever had those. Uh, you know the fuel injected carburetors. You know you had yeah. to prime it. 
You had to prime it a little bit, put, pump put a the gas bit. a little bit. Right. You right. know, but you, not you too much because you didn't want no, to no, flood no, no, it. No, 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 no. You got it. You got it. Yeah. You got to just feather it a little <laughs> bit. Let it run. Let it idle. Okay. Now let the baby purr. Let her purr. Right. Let her get comfortable. Right. Let her warm it's up. Cold out. It's it's little. Cold out. She got it. Yeah. You know. We don't want to push her beyond her limits right yet. You know, right. you want to throw rod. Wanna take her down speedway. You got to. You got to let this baby just warm up before right. you open the gas and let the throttle roll. So right. you, you just let that happen. And guys actually enjoy that because trust me, she's going to return that favor for you. Right. Right. Tenfold. You might as well. You might set up a tent. So, right. Heck yeah. Right. Yeah. Make make that part of the experience because for her, right. it is. For us, it's not. I mean, they're, yeah. Guys are more like bottle rockets. You light a fuse. We go up in the air. We make a noise. Poof. Pretty. Uh, ooh. And then we're done that's it so for the women who said they wanted less sex than their husbands oh yeah in the questionnaires uh-huh yeah listen to this this was the next question they were asked to answer and the question was if you could magically change your sex drive and or some of the reasons you don't want sex as much as your husband does would you choose one answer 82 percent of women said yes they would change well duh so why don't you? That's again. what I, that, that, again, I get stuck there. If 82% of women want to change, well, well then why, 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 why don't Dr. you? Dr. Ramirez, I, I um, if you had the ability to change your feelings of insecurity during your normal day, would you? We're not talking about my insecurities. Uh, insecurities. No, 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 no. We're going to do this for a second. <clears throat> would you? Come on. If I, well, yes. Okay. Yes, you would. Yes. But you can't because that's ingrained in your DNA. Again, we agreed. We were going to take this at value for face value for what it is. And if our argument was when we were reading the for women only book was that we were going to accept that and say, this is how men are created that sense of insecurity that we deal with every day. It's part of it's ingrained in our DNA. It's part of who we are. Point of if order. Women finish with that women i believe are trying to say that that is ingrained in them as well and it's part of who they are for us to say well that's stupid just change that would it would just the same be saying well that's stupid just men you change who are you don't need to be respected to feel love that's stupid <clears throat> just get over that you're dealing with the insecurity inadequacies that's stupid just get over that you don't need to be feeling like the provider. That's stupid. Get over that. We can't ask them or we wouldn't want them to ask us that. I don't think that's fair here. No. And, and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to challenge that. And the reason Go why I'm going to challenge that is, is for this reason. So while yes, I do have various insecurities, I've also taken to meditation and philosophy in order to overcome those things and to acknowledge those things. And so one of the things that I did in reading this book in these two books is I learned a lot about my own self. Mm -hmm. And in learning about my own self, I also began to realize, yes, these are things that exist within me. These are ways, the, look at how the book actually explained my own behaviors and it gave me the vocabulary to be able to explain it. And the books also presented me a different way of, of um, talking, not just talking about it, but behaving in general. Okay. And so those, so then those areas that I've noticed 
now by reading these books, I can say, you know what? I want to work on this particular area and I want to become better for my spouse, my significant other in this area. So I'm going to be cognizant of it and I'm going to be thinking about it. And so I'm willing to strive to be able to change. And so my challenge going forward is for ladies. Ladies, if you say that, yes, you have a lower libido than your, than your husband's, and yes, you would like to change that, this book gives you the language to understand why. And therefore, if you can understand why, and you know why it's important for your husband for, to have an engaging and fulfilling sex life, then why wouldn't you do the work to better yourself, your relationship and your spouse in the process and be able to pursue it, even if you're doing it from a rational perspective, even if the emotional hormonal side of you isn't engaged in the game, you could engage your intellect and be able to move forward. Because I believe that women are able to, to engage intellectually, not just emotionally. So now that women, the challenge for you is now that you're aware, balls in your court, are you going to engage as well? And I'm not saying that the men shouldn't, that your husband shouldn't work on themselves either. Absolutely they should. But that pendulum swings both ways. Uh, and and right. yes, I will absolutely agree with that. And, and I, I've said now, I think every time we've talked about this, that it is overwhelmingly apparent that these books are wonderful tools that will work if both parties are willing to work at the relationship. Correct. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's the only way any relationship works is both yeah. parties have to be willing to do that. And I do believe to your point that all of these things and, and same goes for the, the male perspective as well. All of these things are areas that once you recognize them, they are things that you can converse and discuss and talk with your spouse about and work on collectively as a unit together. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because one of the things that I see, you know, one of the things, and I always, I couldn't help but put myself in, into scenarios as I was reading this book. And, and, you know, if there's a, if there's a woman out there who says, well, I don't feel the need to have sex, but once every six months, remember men want to feel pursued as well. We don't, we don't just want to use you now i'm not talking about i'm not talking about the outliers and we're, right, we're right, assuming right, right, right. we're assuming again remember our assumptions here are people that are in loving and committing committed relationships so as men we want to be pursued as well and but guess what if if i'm in a relationship with a woman who only wants to have sex once every six months we have sex and now she's not going to pursue me for six more months I'm not going to be the one that's always in pursuit because that begins to make me feel like I'm using her for sex. Right. Even if she's okay with me constantly pursuing her six months out of the, you know, six months between intervals, one, one time in six. So twice a year, you're going to actually pursue me. And the rest of the time, I'm going to have to be pursuing you to get laid. Well, there, that's only going to last for so long before I start, before I begin to feel like I'm using you as a receptacle. I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel bad about pursuing you. So guess what's going to happen? I'm not. 
And I think there are a lot of other men that are going to be in the same boat and they're not going. And then you sit there as a couple and you wonder why, well, we only had sex once one time last year. I was there. I was there. I've walked this road and that's why I'm bringing it up. And it was, it was destructive. It's a, it's just, it's absolutely destructive because eventually you just realize you wake up one day and you're like, to hell with this. I don't want to be in this real kind of a relationship. There's more to life than that. Right. Right. No, that's, that's absolutely fair. And <clears throat> I am not excusing infidelity <coughs> by okay. any means ever, but um, if you are no. not engaging in physical intimacy with your spouse again, and I've said this before, this is the person you have chosen to be your partner in life with to go and face all adversity, all everything. If you cannot engage with physical intimacy with your spouse, expect your spouse to fill that need elsewhere. Sure. And I am not, again, one more time, I would never excuse that. But that's a problem. Yeah. That's a yeah, big problem. Yeah, it is a problem. Yeah, it is a big problem. The truth two here, so that was just truth number one. Truth number oh, two. Yeah, okay, sorry. Truth number two on this whole topic is she needs warm up, more warm up time than you. I think we've kind of covered that. We talked yeah, about we that, touched driving that. the whole pump and all yep. that kind of stuff. Yep. So let's move on from that one. Um, truth number three, uh, excuse me. Truth number three here is your body, no matter how much of a stud you are or think you are in that matter, does not by itself turn on her body. <laughs> trust me all guys know, know this yeah we know this <laughs> there's <laughs> ladies this is a shocker but i can guarantee you we know this. every dude has looked at himself in the mirror naked everyone multiple right. times probably right. never once have we ever went oh yeah she wants this right. never one time ever we know you're not going to shock us by telling us, oh, honey, just put all that away. We already know that. <laughs> you know, this is really, this is really sad. So this was a, a conversation that was had, that was had in front of the researchers. Okay. The auth authors of the book, they, they, they were, there was a couple there and the couple was talking and listen, listen to, they wrote the conversation in the book. Okay. She says, there isn't one thing about your body that makes me sexually attracted to you and want to go to bed with you. Husband, I thought I was sexy and good looking. You always told me I was. Wife, you are, but that has nothing to do with why I want to have sex with you. Really, nothing about your naked body makes me hot. That is until after we're sexually involved. Husband, but I, how? Wife, babe, I like you and I like your naked body. It's sweet actually in your mind, but it's not like my body's lust lusting after yours. Husband, what, what about me and my black leather jacket? <laughs> you always come up to me and growl. Are you saying, wife, nope, even you in that jacket. You look totally hot, mind you, and I do want to be with you, but I'm just telling you, physically, my body does not become sexually aroused one bit. One bit was stressed. That's really sad. <laughs> there, there, there's, a, there's a sadness there. there. There's a sadness there. There really is. Yeah, I'm hurt. I, I hurt for that. I know, but but okay, okay. I, I hurt for I, that guy. Time out. I literally 
just said that. I know. I, I, I know. I know. I know. I, I know. So, but I when know. you Hold hear on. it from Stop your it. spouse, <laughs> <laughs> I literally just said that. Ladies, please. We know this. <laughs> Lie to us. We don't want you to tell us the truth. Okay, so as men, what do we do with that? I don't know. Oh shit. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't I don't I don't know. So maybe, maybe it's not the physical attractiveness of us, especially naked, that is a good tool to for us to utilize on the road to sexual intercourse with our spouses. Well, you, Parading you know what, around naked, not going to work. You know what makes me uncomfortable about this? <laughs> is there might, be, there might be some men that say, well, then I don't care how I look. Okay. If you're with somebody and she tells you, I don't give a shit what you look like. It doesn't do anything for me. So then I can just have more wings and more chocolate cake and I can cancel my gym membership and I can just get all fat because it doesn't matter, right? I think there could be men that, that misconstrue that and say, well, then shit, I'm not going to. I believe I believe that people should go to, the, to should work out for two reasons. One, to be healthy for them for their own for their own sanity for their own sake and to be healthy. Okay. Two, to look good for your spouse. I firmly believe that. I think I think you sh I think if you're in a committed relationship with somebody or you know, let's say you're in a relationship with somebody. I don't think there's anything wrong. And in fact, I, I applaud people who want to look better for their spouse. Okay. But if my spouse tells me, I don't give a shit what you look like. I'm not attracted to you anyway. I'm not attracted to your physical body anyway. So then what difference does it matter if I'm, if I'm fit or I'm going to be slob? So <clears throat> what I that, do, I'm saying, I'm not saying I would think that, but some men might think that no, and not I, want I, to do anything to look I, better. For I their understand spouse. that. So let me, let me kind of turn that back because I okay. think I can help uh, satiate that concern. What I do know, and, and I've, I've heard a couple different women say this is that, you know, confidence, a feeling of pride and, and uprightness that is very attractive for women keeping in mind obviously that the naked male physique is not one of those things that get women going right. obviously right. but how men hold themselves up the um, the confidence that the the ego or the the machismo if you will that men have and that that when men feel sexy in their own right that is sexy to women much like it is the other way around. When women feel attractive and sexy and they take care of themselves, it's a big turn on for guys. I believe that that is reciprocal. So men out there, when you are taking care of yourself, taking care of your body and feeling good about how you look, you're going to present that in a way that is actually sexy to women. And it's not about your physical body per se, but about how you present yourself. I do believe that 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point.
Truth number four, for her, sex starts in her heart. If she's not feeling anything in her heart, her body's sex switches are all the way over on off. Even if you put on your black jacket. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get we have we have talked about women's um, emotional drive way over the logical one, 110 percent, I think, already up to this point. And right. much to what I was just saying, I think I think that does also apply. And um, it goes back to it goes back to the women's need to feel loved. Right. Yes. If, if yes. they feel loved, then they're going to more ap- be more apt to have sex with you. Right. And and again, it's it same with that one. Um, wanting to be desired wanting to be um pursued and it's not about pursuing her because she's the one who just happens to be there whom you're going to have sex with it's about pursuing your spouse for who she is that's what that's about yeah the the truth number five here is she wants pleasure as much as you do but if it's not happening she may be reluctant um one woman here's what she wrote to Shanti here. Men think women aren't as interested in sex as they are, but some men need to know that their wives are just not experiencing sexual satisfaction. Although they might be enjoying the process, they may not be finishing it. This is a difficult subject and many women don't want to talk about it because they don't want to depress their husband or make him feel inadequate. So they protect his feelings at at the expense of their own. But if a woman isn't crossing the finish line, running the race just isn't going to be as important to her, which only makes it easier to find excuses to sit it out. Um, again, that's real. That's really sad. That 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 is that is very sad because I think, I think, um, ladies, you, you need to be able to learn how to talk to your husbands about this. And and guys, this is one of those reasons why I think porn can be so destructive to relationships. Because men go and they watch porn and they think that because the woman on the porn video is moaning and looks like she's getting off, they think all those buttons are the same types of buttons I got to press on my wife. And then you try to press them on your wife and she's looking at you like, what the hell are you doing to me? Mm -hmm. Stop it. Right. But then if your wife isn't going to say anything, then you're getting the wrong idea from porn right? And you have dudes, you, you might be in the situation where you have no idea what you're doing is actually a turnoff. And ladies, you're not doing him any, you're not doing him a service because you're not telling him what you like. You both got to at least dudes, just, just acknowledge that you might be doing something wrong and talk to your wife and say, what do you guide me? Tell me what you want me to do for you. What's going to be pleasurable for you. And ladies tell him what you want. It seems like there's a lot of sex happening and people aren't happy. And if you just talk to one another for five seconds, again, this is what I get paid to do is I get paid to get people to talk to one another. Mm -hmm. So difficult. People don't want to talk to one another. Um, And if, if men and women just talk to one another about sex, well, you might have better sex. Well, guarantee. And, and, yeah, saying that's one thing, but I will I will tell you every damn marriage counselor out there will admit that that is probably the one subject that couples, even happily happy couples, refuse to discuss just by right, omission. Right. They just don't oh, yeah. do it um, because it's weird. It's awkward. Yeah, don't want to hurt feelings and all of that kind of stuff. 
And and ladies, you naturally assume that we know, or what's even worse, after X amount of years, you should know. Nope. No, right. we don't. Have and I'll and I'll put this, and this goes both ways. Have you told your spouse what you like? Right. Have you told your spouse what you don't like? Laid them all out. If the answer to that is no, which I guarantee it is, then how the hell are they supposed to know? Yeah. And this is why you have usually one person trying a whole bunch of different stuff and you giving them a disgusted kind of weirded out look like, what the hell are you doing? I'm trying something. Give me something because <laughs> I got nothing. I'm just faking it till I make it here. <laughs> so it's really, really, it's really difficult. And it's, I know it's, it's difficult to talk about, but honestly, if you don't talk about it, it'll never get talked about. It'll never get understood. And both of you will end up going to bed unhappy. And you know, there's a, there's a fun way to do about this, to have these kind of conversations. And the fun way is to go out to dinner and, and get a bottle of wine or whatever booze you want to drink it up and prepare a list of questions. We could, hell, we could prepare a list of questions, but prepare a list of questions to ask your spouse. No, I'm serious. And, and, and ask your spouse, ask your spouse, what, what, you know, what is a fantasy you've always had? And it can be as innocuous as that, you know, what is a fantasy that you've always had? Or what is it that really turns you on? What are things that turns you off? And just talk about it in a very um, non-confrontational way where we're just asking each other the same question. You might actually learn something about you, about your spouse in a conversation like that. When you're just asking sort of these almost uh, interview type questions, like, "Hey, what would you do in this situation? What would you do if I if I burst in the room dressed as Superman?" You know, well, I don't want to do that, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right? But you can have those kind of you know, it's like it's like conducting an interview where you're just asking these kind of weird, crazy questions and prepare a list of questions. There's plenty of questions out there you can pull off the internet. Um, we could put them up on our website too. Uh, and go out and have, have dinner and laugh about it and have fun with it and make it, make it, make it interesting, make it fun. Would you really like it if I did that? Wow, you know? Um, and you might learn something. Yeah. Hey, honey, I you know you that thing you always do? You know that yeah. thing you always do? Yeah. yeah. I hate that. What? That's yeah. like my go-to move, man. <laughs> but wouldn't it be so? Even if that came up in the conversation, it would be incredibly eye-opening. If you're having that in a in a in a situation where you've got food and you're all fat and happy, and maybe you've had a couple of beers and you're already laughing about other things, and you know, and it's brought up in a very casual, you know, kind of more of a, I don't want to say fun, but a, a relaxed environment, you'll probably be better. You'll, you would be better receptive to that kind of feedback and realize, oh God. And guess what? If she's going to ask you that, and she tells you, Hey, you know what? I don't really like it when you do that. Dudes, I guarantee you, there's going to be something that she does that you don't like either. And you're going to be like, well, since we're on the topic, I don't like it when you use your teeth or I don't know, something like that. <laughs> whoa whoa okay tmi thank you yeah. so there you go now everybody out there you come up with your own things you make your own questions go do your own thing don't 
and no, we are not making questions for everybody. Thank you, Dr. Ramirez. Obviously, you know, that reminds me. That reminds me. I did. Uh, I had a, lis- that we had a listener. You? Yes, we had a listener because I put something on the website. I don't think you've noticed. Uh, I put something on the website because we had a listener that said, hey, you're always referencing these different books. Uh, it would be really great to have a listing of, of different books that, sh- that you guys have read so that we can check them out. So um, I put together a list. I'm going to keep adding to it. But uh, there's quite a quite a bit of books out there so far. Are you doing a books you've read and a books Jason read? Well, I'm I'm using the inclusive we. Oh, but I really know that it's just the the. I would, no 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 individual. Uh, no, that, 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 I. Let it <laughs> let it lie. Let it lie. That's fine. It's a it's a it's a yeah. We're we're an incorporated we. That's cool. Makes me feel better that way. Right. See. <laughs> books we've read. Yeah. <laughs> the, but I think Humility. the big, the big, the big takeaway for I think from from this chapter is, is guys, you, you gotta find a way to open up and and talk to your wife and and ask her stuff. Yeah, I think you have to be willing to overcome the awkwardness. Um, and w- if anything that I've learned about this book is women love to talk about stuff. They love yeah. it. So just ask her have a conversation with her and you might be surprised what you learn. Um, do you like it when I bang your legs together? And you know, isn't that hot? You no. Know, when she says, no, I don't like it when you bang my legs together. Well then stop banging her legs together. <laughs> Dude. That was a reference to Joe Rogan. I know it was a very obtuse reference to Joe Rogan. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Didn't get it. You're just weirding me out right now. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> all right. So all right. the la- the last thing. Um, so the last chapter, we'll we'll wrap this one up pretty quickly. Um, this one was kind of sad. Um, okay. Th- this one was a bit sad, and it was basically it basically talked about how for every for your for every woman out there, there's really just a little girl inside who's who wants to know. Um, do you think I'm pretty? Do you think I'm beautiful? Mm-hmm. Right. This it's reminded this little... me very much of a scene. Do you ever see that movie Nine Months or what? No, not Nine Months. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Notting Hill mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Julia Roberts and yeah. was it Hugh Grant? I'm just a girl standing before a boy, standing in front of yeah. a boy, asking him yeah. to love her. Yep, and yeah. that—that's—it's exactly what this reminded me of. Was was yeah. that that phrase? And and you know, guys, we should be able to relate to this really about our own insecurities and our own feeling of being an amateur in the professional and, and personal world that we're, we're, we're just little boys running around in our daddy's shoes, trying to do the things that, that we think he would do in the way he would do them. I mean, really that's, that's essentially kind of what this is for, for girls. They're still just little girls who want someone to love them and want to feel loved by you. They, they I mean, mentioned, they, they mentioned in the book how, how, you know, little girls, they twirl in front of their dad, in front of their daddy. And, you know, and the little girl spins and she says, daddy, look at me. Do you think I'm pretty daddy? Do you look at me? Well, now that little girl has grown up and she's your wife and you as the husband have just simply replaced that daddy figure and not daddy figure. That's the lack of better, but she's, she's now essentially the same small little girls 
no longer spinning in front of her daddy wanting to look, but now you've replaced that. And now she wants you to look at her. And do you think that she's pretty? And are you looking at her? And, and that was very profound to me. Um, you know, you know, that, that was, that was very profound. Yeah. Um, and when I, when I heard that, it was like all of, all of the things that women do that I think are crazy, that I think are insane, that I go, I don't understand why you think that at all. Once, once I realized that deep down, they're just this little girl who's just asking, do you still love me? Would you still choose me? Do you think I'm pretty? It all sort of kind of fell into place and made sense. Yeah. No, I thought this was genius in its placement in these revelations and in this book. I really do think that that was intentional because it really does bring all of these other things back into a centralized idea. This really did come to fruition. Um, in that spot. The, the thing that makes this really sad, and I couldn't help but think about this as I was reading this book, you know, we, we, live in a, we live in a society where there are a lot of people who claim to be postmoderns. Um, they, they grasp on to feminist ideology, these, this, post-femin- this postmodern feminist ideology. Um, and within that ideology, you know, men should not be masculine. Women should not be feminine. Men should not hold doors for women because holding a door open is somehow misogynist. Um, you know, there's, there's all this, these concepts that, that float around. And I think when I was reading this, I couldn't help but think about some of those, those postmodern feminists. And it just, it breaks my heart to think that there are probably thousands of postmodern feminists out there who think they're, they're, who want to believe that they're so strong and they, they, they don't need this kind of validation. We all need validation. I mean, men, we're looking for that validation. We're looking for validation, just slightly different. We're, right. but we're still looking for validation from our wives. We want our wives to be our rock, our safe place, the place where we can truly be vulnerable. And for women, they want that validation from their husbands that they're still pretty and they're still wanted and they're still desired. And, and, you know, you're, you only have eyes for them. And I couldn't help but think about these postmodern feminists out there who are basically telling young girls, you don't need all of this and how we're raising a generation. There's a generation of, of young women who think that they don't, and they're going to have all kinds of psychological and emotional problems because they're still that little girl. They are that little girl. They're looking for some, for some basic, very simple attention. And yet they refuse to, to allow anybody to give them that just so that they can hold on to their ideology with both hands. And I couldn't help but think how much psychological damage are these young women inflicting upon themselves? Yes. And they're going to have decades of just being screwed up um, because they just won't be who they are naturally. Right. You, you read something. I don't know. Remember if it was last week or the week before, but a lady got so overwhelmingly upset and offended about an interview question on, um, you know, when have you ever been encouraged by somebody else to accomplish something you didn't think you could do? And she got so worked up and offended about how, how this is a, a slight against women and that they can't encourage themselves, that they need somebody else, particularly a man. And you're, and to most of us who hear this, we're like, what the hell is wrong with someone like that? 
Right. Well, by doing this kind of damage to especially women, and, and I'm, I'm not picking on women, but I'm saying it's incredibly damaging to women. This is obviously part of the female psyche is that they, they do have that sense of needing to be reassured of who they are, that they're beautiful, that they're valued, that they're important. That's, that's obviously part of that. Instead of trying to reject that with power, accept that and grow with it. I mean, that doesn't have to be a handicap. And yet that's exactly what some, and I'm, I'm picking on, I know the feminist movement here right now for a minute, but recognize you're actually handicapping yourself by trying to cut off your nose to spite your face. This is actually a part of who you are. Accept that and grow with it. By trying to reject it, you're setting yourself up for, I mean, a mental gymnastics that are going to be damaging to you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really sad. And, and, you know, for, for the, for any guys listening, what, I mean, what this, what this really boils down to is when you, when you are, when you choose not to reinforce how much you love your wife, uh, when, when you, when you choose not to put her needs uh, above your own um, or make them important. um, If you choose to look at porn, you are, you're hurting her. You're, you're saying that you don't have eyes for your wife, that you have eyes for these porn stars and for what's happening in these porn videos, right? You're you're giving them your attention as opposed to your wife. Um, You're literally hurting her feelings. And why would you want to um, hurt the feelings of your wife intentionally? Because I, and I think maybe there are some men where, where you will say, well, I didn't know. Okay. Well now you do. And so if you read these books or you listen at least to our podcast, now you do know that you're hurting her. Um, and to continue to do that now means you're doing it intentionally. Uh, so maybe you're, maybe you had a pass. I don't know what you've been doing up till up until this point. Um, and you know, we were all in that boat. I was in this, boat. I, there, hell, I was like reading this and I was like, holy crap. I didn't understand. You know, I didn't know about all this stuff either. Um, this was news to me. Right. And, it, but now, now we know. And so now we can strive to be better men by um, taking different behaviors and different actions. Yep. And I know for me, if I had one succinct thought, you know, it was, um, I knew before I started reading these that my wife was the most important person in my life. After going through the first book for women only and learning a lot about myself, I knew what I was doing Mm -hmm. and what I wanted from her, but I knew what I was doing to try to show her that. Now, after reading this book, this final one for men only, I now recognize what I have to do and how I can try to make her feel that. And so that's, that's the natural progression. I think for me is she's the most important person in my life. I know how I show that, but now I know how I need what I need to do so that she feels that because guys, if your wife doesn't feel like she's the most important person in your life, then she's not right. Period. At the, at the end of everything they did ask, and they did this with, they did this with the guys in the first book, they asked them what, 
the one thing they wanted their wives to know. And the, the resounding um, response from men was how much they loved their wives. Um, they asked women the same question. What is that one thing that you want your husbands to know above all? And, and the overwhelming response for, for women was they wish their man knew was that you are my hero. Um, and I know uh, that's that, you know, hearing that it's just like, Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, uh, if that doesn't hit you right in the feels. Right. Uh, and I, and I think knowing that, I think as, as, as men knowing that if, if you look at your wife and you think, and you know, deep down inside that she just wants you to know that you're her hero, how are you going to treat her? And are you willing to become a better man so that you can live up to that expectation of being her hero? Uh, I, 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 you got nothing. I'm, <laughs> I know it's it was that was pretty uh I can I can tell you if whew, okay if my wife came up to me and told me that I would lose it I'd break down crying I just hearing that now I'm already I'm I'm an emotional mess um ladies we that's all we want we want to be your hero you are our princess. We want to be your knight in shining armor. That's what we want. Not for the title, but because you deserve it. You deserve a hero. And we want to be that. We do. And, it, and to know that we actually, if we actually fulfill that for you, um, there is no, there's nothing that we can't accomplish. There's nothing we can't tackle. Yeah. I mean, and it's, yeah. Um, last thing to kind of pull this all together. I, we, we were talking before we started recording here and, uh, um, you know, there, there are a lot of things here that whether it's things that men do, there are going to be women that will, that will read this or listen to what we've talked about. And they're like, I just don't understand. And there are going to be things that women do and guys are going to look at it and go, but I just don't understand. I mean, we were there, we were talking about that earlier, yeah. to this recording tonight alone, right? I yeah. don't get it. Why do you, I don't Why? understand it. Um, you know, the, there's, there's something that I think people need to keep in mind. You might, you might go, you know what? I don't understand why my wife does these things. I get it now. I, I, I'm, I've been illuminated to it now, either by listening to us, two fools on the internet talk about it, or I've read the book. Right. And, and so now I'm at least aware, but I still don't understand and, and vice versa. Same with, same with the ladies out there. Um, if you're in that boat, if you're in that boat, I would challenge you to do one thing. And that is don't worry about understanding it. Um, just don't, don't struggle to understand it. Because in, in trying to understand it, you're going to miss it entirely. You're going to miss opportunities. You're going to miss experiences because you're going to be so focused. And what 
And when you don't understand it, all you're going to do is you're going to become frustrated, which is going to keep you from understanding it. The best thing that you can do in the situation is, yeah, you don't understand it, but just accept it for what it is and just go with it. Because if you can do that, if you can just accept it and say, okay, I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll try this out. And I understand she's feeling that way, or I understand he thinks that way, but let me just see what happens. Let me just accept it. Over time, what will happen is you'll start to understand. So for anybody who's approaching this, if you have no idea, don't worry so much about trying to understand it. As, as they said in the big trouble in little China, you were not put on this earth to get it, Mr. Burton. Yeah. Um, you just, you don't have to understand it. You just have to do. Um, and I, I think if, I think if you do that, if you follow that, you eventually will get it and it'll make more sense. Yeah. And you used a good analogy in doing that when in learning chemistry, um, anybody out there who struggled with math or anything, any of those other subjects in school, you know, after a while you start doing fractions long enough, you start to understand how they work. And then all of a sudden the light bulb comes on. Oh, I get it now. Right. Um, and I've, I've started trying to do some of that same, um, practice without such a eloquently placed analogy. Thank you for that, Dr. Ramirez this evening. Um, but yeah, I, I do have confidence. I'll be able to get it at some point. Um, Right now I'm in practice mode. I'm doing the homework. So, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be doing the homework for a long time. Oh, sure. So, so yeah. Hopefully um, I get it before the great ascension. Yeah. <laughs> so this brings us to the end of this whole series where we talked about these books. Um, I I've had a lot of fun talking about them. Uh, I think you've had a lot of fun talking about them. I've certainly learned a hell of a lot. Not only, not only about myself, um, but about women as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I challenge anybody, you know, don't just take our word for it. Go read, go read these, read these books. I, I think you'll really enjoy them. They do have some other books. Shanti Feldhahn has written a few other books, like just, uh, just for relationships or different things. Um, I haven't read those, you know, maybe at some point I will. Um, but this has been, this has been a lot of, a lot of fun. You can find all of our stuff on fusionunderground.net. We post all of our podcasts out there. We post our YouTube videos. Um, you can get all of our podcasts where you find podcasts. So just do a search, bring up whatever application you have on your on your cell phone and type in uh, Fusion Underground. Um, we'll pop up. So you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash azfusionunderground. Um, go out to uh, Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You'll find us there. Um, and on YouTube, I mentioned that before. So do you have any last minute, uh, last final thoughts? Parting no, words? I, I, this is, this has been an interesting, um, I guess, divergence from our normal, um, canter, if you will, but well, now we got to figure out a topic for next week. <laughs> no, you got to figure out a topic for next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I think this has been really. Uh, I talked with a couple people that listen to our podcast regularly and asked them, you know, I know this is a little bit off the normal for us, kind of off the beaten path. What are you thinking? And actually, I think it's been it's been a good uh, experiment. It's been a good journey. And I think there's some people out there finding a lot of um, intrigue and interest and, and some useful 
uh, information out of our dialogue, if not from the books directly. So this is yeah. nice. We'll, we'll, we might have to look at doing something like this again, and maybe it won't be a book. Maybe we'll do a, an article or, or something like that where we actually go through it. I think you yeah. and I are going to do a little COVID DLC here sometime soon because we've got to get that done. And uh, that little back and forth, I think that'd be a little bit of humor that we need to. So. Center. <laughs> center thyself. <laughs> talking Maintain about the COVID stuff. Maintain your calm, John. Oh, it's gonna get interesting. It's gonna get interesting. So yes, we'll definitely have yep. to do that. All right. Any anything to take the attention off the border or Afghanistan? Yeah, sure. Of course, of course. All righty, sir. Well, thank you, everybody. For Jason Moret, I'm Manuel Ramirez. You've been listening to the Fusion Underground. Peace. Word. Have late. a good night. <laughs> <laughs>